Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 3 of the Rink Moose Hockey Podcast, a bi-weekly episodic podcast where two, sometimes three good friends gather around this table oh. and assess all things NHL and their implications in the fantasy hockey universe. I am one of your hosts, as always, Nick Costu, along with my co-host today, as usual, Kyle Nice. Kyle, how are you doing on this rainy pre-Halloween uh, Friday night? Ah, yes. I'm well. I'm very well. And I will just say, we don't have a rotating third member. No. And you know what? I think it's good for today. Yeah, good for good. today. We've got a lot of topics to touch on. Some, like, they're all ver- like hot, hot topics mm-hmm. in terms of what's on the news. And it's going to come out at a time... Uh, where it's going to be still kind of hot product. Yeah. So I think it's good we get this done in a succinct manner, mm-hmm. and uh, and we we tackle it. But yeah. it's going to be tons of fun. We like we went to Ottawa. We had a great time as well. Like uh, there's going to be some great stories. Yeah. Sure. We uh, a I think hell of a story coming incoming. By yeah, way. hell of a story, especially if you're a Rangers fan. So <laughs> yeah. so please just tune in, you Rangers fans. Uh, stay till the end, please. Uh, but we won't start there. Uh, there's been some breaking news, obviously, this week, breaking news today. We'll get into the... T- yeah, like it's all kind of interlinked with, with all of this stuff emanating out of uh, Chicago, Illinois. Uh, you know, again, one of these topics, one of these tragic stories, uh, everyone's heard of it at this point, unless you've been living under a rock. As usual with these political stories, we, uh, we, don't, we don't get too deep into them. You know, we, we don't like to say what's already been said. Mm. We don't like, uh, we, it's just what, what could we possibly contribute that hasn't been contributed to this point. But I am kind of, Kyle's in the envious position of being a lot more well-read about this than me. Indeed. So we will at least uh, just cover it for the sake of, you know, informing the audience in case you, you, you ha- you're not aware of every detail, like me, someone who's been busy this week and, and frankly hasn't been reading too much about it. Uh, so we're just going to, we got some quotes from managerial people, you know, mm-hmm. recently came out, Joel Quenville lost a job, yep. recently came out, uh, uh, Kevin Sheffield Dayoff not losing his job. Right. Um, so, right. so we can talk about that stuff and, and there's, there's statements coming from players like Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane. Jeremy Colleton. Um, so so there's a lot to get into here. We could spend, you know, hours upon hours talking about it, but we'll keep it short. Like you said, we'll keep it succinct um, and just go over kind of the pertinent details for the fans out there, you know? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, by this time you've heard what the story's all about. If you want to know a little bit more, obviously Dangle's got that one show that, that you heard earlier, and then they have an interview with Rick Westhead as well. Uh, coming out so yeah those those kind of nitty-gritty details are are out there and obviously we don't have to say this but we're all obviously we are all disgusted on what happened what i'd like to get out of this is we kind of get our take on kind of give our opinion on who these characters are and how they've acted and how they continue to act and what they're saying in the media today because that's kind of where to me that's that's where the real story is being is being brought along here. It's okay. Now it's all happened. How are you dealing with it? What have you said about it? Mm-hmm. And how do like what where it goes from there? So, so do we then want to start with the characters? Like, if you're going to talk about a, a statement, you have to introduce the character who made that statement, right? Yeah. So, do you want to start there? 
Well, I just, what I want to do, I'll just give a quick, like really Cole's notes summary because this will kind of set up mm-hmm. the characters that were in play. Sure. Um, so obviously the situation happened in 2010 uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. I think it was the second or the third round. We all know what the situation was, graphic detail, all that kind of stuff. Um, Kyle Beach then brought it up to a skills trainer who brought it up. And he's up. the victim. Kyle Beach is the victim. He's the victim, So we need yeah. to make that clear. Yep, so he's come out. And John Doe won. Correct. Um, so he, he brought it up to a skills coach. The skills coach, who has been amazing through all this, he's been a great cooperator and all that, he brought it up the chain of command as he was supposed to. It went so far up the chain that it got to management and everybody in management knew, essentially. And it was a meeting. It was like there a was board a room. There was a closed meeting. closed-door meeting. Yeah where all the talking heads, all the figureheads, a young Stan Bowman, new in his role, according to him, right, coming from the fucking hockey family that he yep. comes from, he's new to the role. Uh, they had a secret closed-door meeting. Who else? Uh, so this Joel uh, Nick, Quenville. Joel Quenville, the coach at the time. Sheffield uh, Dayoff was Sheffield there. Sheffield Dayoff, he's a, was he assistant GM assistant at that point? Assistant GM. Then you have uh, McDonough. McDonough was there. the president. president of Hockey Ops. And who else? Is that those it? are the those the are the key main figures ones. here. Okay, Bergevin was not in this call. Bergevin not, <laughs> but he's not completely uh, guilt free. Of course, we don't know that yet. But so they have this secret meeting, and essentially, what is said in the secret meeting is Joel Quenville, and this is they came out in the report. Joel Quenville was the one to say, "Listen, guys, the team doesn't need this distraction right now. We're trying to win a Stanley Cup." So then what happened was there was the action was non-action and uh, they let this guy continue to do his job. They let this guy win the Stanley Cup, get his get a Stanley Cup ring, get his name on the cup, get a whole day with the cup. Like he got a day with the cup after them knowing this. Right. And then it gets worse because you didn't do the action when you should have. Then you waited. And then literally you gave the guy a reference to go and work elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And then he continued to make offense after offense and he ended up in jail. Yeah, he ends so up in jail. There's like, I mean, you know this better than I do. There's, there should be a criminal uh, aspect to this as well mm-hmm. because he ended up in jail because someone gave him a re- reference. Someone had negligence on their part of not following their code of conduct. And what happened? They were fined $2 million as of a few days ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, and some people have lost their jobs after 11 years of banking millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Like that's where that's where it really sucks. So it's these characters, it's the inaction that we have to focus on. And you know, there's the managerial part, but there's also the part of the players mm-hmm. because uh, guys like Brent Sopel and and one other teammate, uh, they claim that everyone on the team knew. That, mm-hmm. that is a key point. Um, I think Kyle Beach is pretty convinced that everyone on the team knew mm-hmm. um, because there was being there was taunts being thrown around. There was people making fun of him for the incident. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I switch my focus to the leadership, the captaincy, mm-hmm. the, the Duncan Keese of the world, the Patrick Canes, who continue. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about Taves a lot here, but he's the only one of the fucking three of them who's actually admitted he actually knew anything at all. Mm-hmm. Mm. Patrick Kane and, and Duncan Keith don't even know who this guy is, apparently. Mm. Like, what is this? Kyle Beach? Yeah. Wow. They're like, Duncan Keith, he, he said, no, Patrick Kane said, oh, I didn't even know, like, John Doe was Kyle Beach until he <laughs> came out. Like, what the fuck, man? He's full of shit. Like, but we don't even, 
So he knew there was a John Doe. He knew about the he, incident, yeah, but he, he didn't had re- know who. He had read all about this big... Like, you play on the fucking team. You're the mm. face of the team. Chicago has been char- like in trouble for these allegations in 2010, and mm. you have no idea who he is, according to him. Mm. According to him, mm. which is fucking ridiculous. Mm. So that's what's happened. Um, there's been several statements that have come out. Mm. Uh, and I don't know... Uh, where do you want to start with this? I've got... The Stan Bowman one, which is rather lengthy, but is there a uh, highlight? Not really, but uh, <laughs> essentially, like what I don't understand is why everyone who's been fired or not fired, but they're they've been allowed to step down mm. from the role. Yeah, like I don't even know what what that really means. Um, it's just I guess it's just a way of saving face if there's still some face to be saved. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So Stan Stan here is like totally deflecting blame so he says in his in his statement and i quote i was wa- i was made aware of potential inappropriate behavior by then video coach involving a player i promptly reported the matter to the then president and ceo hmm. who committed to handling the, the matter i learned this year that the inappropriate behavior involved a serious allegation of sexual assault so he's he's First of all, he's he's ducking blame onto the president, and second of all, he's claiming right. he didn't know what it was about. I did read that. Yeah, yeah he's claiming he doesn't know what it. Was. So this yeah. closed door meeting, they're just, what were they saying? Like, oh, something something bad happened, mm-hmm. and uh, we're not going to talk about it, but we're not going to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he said, and it continues to deflect blame. Mm-hmm. I relied on the direction of my superior that he would take appropriate action. Looking back, now knowing he did not handle the matter promptly. I regret assuming he would do so. So that entire paragraph Mm -hmm. is deflecting blame. Mm -hmm. Absolutely insane. Passing the buck. Exactly. Exactly. And then he's just, um, you know, he goes on to uh, to talk about his his championships and his time in Chicago and on behalf of my family, thank you. So Mm -hmm. it's just a fucking, just a shitty, just a shitty thing to say because I'm reading this right now Mm -hmm. and I don't see the name of Kyle Beach at all in this statement. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Just mm-hmm. extremely grateful for the up. Op- it's all about me. It's all about me and deflecting blame. Mm-hmm. So that's Stan Bowman for you, folks. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Scotty Bowman, your boy's boy, really raised a great no, kid, eh? No. Great hockey family, huh? Yeah. Great hockey family. That's not a... It's definitely going to hurt the name t- to an extent. Um, and oh, I, and he, probably, he probably won't... Yeah, he won't... Uh, he, have we lost the video? Let's do. Let yeah. I'll keep on. talking. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, sorry, folks. We're just we're we're we're, st- we're still trying our video thing here, and uh, and it's, it's going to take some troubleshooting on our part. But yeah, I'll 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 continue by. I mean, what you said. I mean, it's it's a lot of deflecting. It's a lot of not not really, you know, uh, mentioning the victim, not apologizing to the victim directly. Um, it's a lot of just. I'm deflecting. I'm going to move on from this. And I hope to God he doesn't get another job in the league. I can't see how he would after this statement. People got to be saying the same thing we're saying, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I guess really quickly, Joel Quenville. Yeah, I never read his statement. It's so, short. Uh, it's sh- super short and brief. Um, I'll just quote the whole thing. With deep regret and contrition, I announce my resignation. Again, why? how can he announce his resignation? Like, well, well, here's the thing. The if guy. you fire people, you need then you get into legalese, you know, firing with cause, firing okay. without cause. And <laughs> then and then and then it, things get legal and then you need to give like severance packages and all that shit. Mm. You know, 
if, right. you, if someone steps down, it just omits all of that. I so at the I very see. least, I know that, kind of that legal aspect. So okay. I think that's why they're doing this. I want to express my sorrow and pain for the young man Kyle Beach has suffered. My former team, the Blackhawks, failed Kyle, and I own my share of that. I want to reflect on how all this happened and take the time to educate myself on ensuring hockey spaces are safe for everyone. That's it. Much better than the Bowen Short and one, sweet. At least. Yeah. Yeah, Short and is. sweet, yeah. more apologetic. Um, at least yeah. he owns his side of the story. But, I mean, I, I to be honest, from what the story says, he's kind of the ringleader behind this whole this whole project oh yeah i read the quote about him and the uh apparently he was panicking in the meeting he was he was saying this can't go on where we got it we got it we got a cup run here we got a special group he was uh, to your point he was a big advocate for burying this thing you know yeah yeah he was he was um, which is interesting yeah which is interesting because usually you'd, you'd expect <clears throat> it to be a managerial thing like management having the big say on it yeah but apparently uh yeah quenville had a big say but then we can't forget about this mcdonough guy right because based on what i'm reading uh in this article of the athletic this guy called all like all the shots he was the team president uh he 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 had a huge role in in everything um and so uh i i don't think he gets i mean he he definitely can't just because he's not in the league anymore just because he doesn't have a position to lose doesn't doesn't mean he shouldn't be the finger shouldn't be pointed at him either you know yeah he's kind of hiding behind a non-anonymity yeah at this point yeah um and uh and 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 it's terrible it's terrible what you read here like apparently he was he was giving this this uh the 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 aldridge character he was he was giving his performance evaluations after every other year and giving him glowing performance evaluations Mm. And and it, it was his call to let him party with the cup and, and and all that jazz. So he's a this is a big guy. This 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 McDonough is arguably the the very head honcho yeah. of all of this. So if it was uh, if it was Quenville's kind of idea, let's mm-hmm. not deal with this. It was McDonough who made it happen. put it into action. Yeah, yeah. who yeah. who who yeah who kind of did who the deed. It. And yeah, m- and maybe he said to the team, guys, don't touch this. Like I'm gonna take the fall. I, like leave it to me. Don't touch it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. maybe it was him who did that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't like exonerate anyone else, of course. But uh, you know, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. I have another statement. Yeah. This is uh, mm-hmm. so we talked about shuffle day off. Yep. Uh, this is Gary Bettman on shuffle day off today. Right. Good. Well, on some level, it would be easiest to paint everyone with any association to this terrible matter with the same broad brush, I believe that fundamental fairness requires a more in-depth analysis of the role of each person. Mm. Kevin Sheffeldayoff was not a member of the Blackhawks senior leadership team in 2010, and I cannot therefore assign him responsibility for the club's actions or inactions. He provided a full account of his degree of involvement in the matter, which was limited exclusively to his attendance at a single meeting, and I found him to be extremely forthcoming and credible in our discussion. So there you have it. That's so why you, he's being you, left yeah. off the hook. Well, what do you make of that? Like, like just just paint the paint the scene. Like you're you're an assistant GM. You're trying to make it in the league, and you're surrounded by hockey names like Bowman and team presidents and all this. Kind well, of here, stuff. let me continue. He was among the last to be included in the meeting. He was learning of a subject matter for the first time in the presence of his boss, GM Stan Bowman, his big boss John McDonough, and the head coach Quenville. He was Brad Aldrich's direct superior. Shuffle Dayoff had limited familiarity with the personal 
personnel involved, and he was essentially an observer to the discussion of possible next steps, with which discussion apparently ended with Shuffle Day Off believing that the matter was going to be investigated. That's all I got. So again, passive observer, not really commenting in the meeting, kind of just your fly on the wall. That's kind of what they're painting in his office. So yeah, it's a moral argument. It's a moral argument. Yeah, Do you think sure. that guy should be held accountable here? Right. Well, to be honest, like it, it all comes down to like he, you are the assistant GM that he's on your staff. Like if, first of all, why would this, player make up this story like if they're going into the meeting saying like oh we, we might have to investigate this like you're already assuming that this might not be true mm -hmm. which i don't understand mm -hmm. why would a why would a black ace come into your organization late in the playoffs and say hey guys something crazy happened mm -hmm. like no one will do that so you have to assume a degree of truth to the story mm -hmm. and then you're making the decision we're going to keep this guy fucking coaching videos to our mm -hmm. team and we're going to give him the cup i don't think like anyone gets off the hook on that. Yeah. Even if you're the assistant GM, I, I, you'd have to say like, guys, I, I, why do, how do we want this guy? Like, what if he comes up to another player? How do mm. we want this guy on the team? Mm -hmm. Is he, is he not the distraction? This video coach, is he not the guy that we should be worried about? Not this fucking Kyle, like, let's bury this beach story. Yeah. Why not get rid of the fucking culprit of the story? Yeah. So I, I, it's hard. I get it. He's like, you're like, you're a new kid on the hockey team, right? All these guys, like, they've been there so long. It, it's hard to, to, to voice up. And then who knows? Maybe he did. Or I, if he did, I'm sure he would have said something in, to, to Batman. But Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. Just, just reading that, I, I think Kevin Kesseldayoff should have been fired too. Yeah. Uh, you're, just because you're a passive observer doesn't make an excuse to, uh, to just let your underlings do their business yeah. and continue doing yeah. Like, I, I don't really like that statement by Bettman. It's like, well, he wasn't involved in the planning and the plan right. to slide it under the rug. And what and kind of message does that send? Who you are if you're not, if you're not, like, disagreeing with your superiors. Yeah. Like, who's the guy in that meeting who's saying, guys, I don't think this is a really good idea? Like, sweeping Who knows? Who knows? Who's, who's the contrarian there? I guess there was none. There wasn't. Doesn't sound so like there was. if you're not a contrarian, then you're just a follower. You're a sheep. You're a sheep, and he was a silent sheep. He went along with this. He didn't. He didn't. You know, if someone's gonna discipline your 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 underling, it's your superior, and he didn't do that. Right. He didn't, he didn't discipline his guy, and he he didn't look after the matter there and then. No. So I don't know. I don't think. Uh, I don't think. Uh, I I I just don't. I don't think he should have been left off the hook here. No. I, uh, I, I think there's some serious questioning here of Gary Bettman's decision. Yeah, and, and you set a precedent, right, that, uh, you know, if, if you're ever in that situation as, say, you're a kid watch following this story or a, or a teenager, that uh, if you're not in that leadership role, don't even speak up. Don't worry, because you're not going to be blamed for anything. It's not on you, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that's the message we're sending. But he's at the, the meeting. Masses. You, you got yeah. an invite to this exclusive exactly. behind the door meeting. Which means. And you did dick all. Yes. To, to do anything here. Which means you have decision making power or other, otherwise you're not in the meeting. They don't want this getting out to any more than they should. Than they yeah. want to. Right. Yeah. Then you're not in the meeting. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's just a ridiculous thing to say. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's quickly go to Jonathan Taves. Uh, yeah, yeah. we, you did not, we've talked about the quotes from the assistant GM, the GM, 
the president. What did uh, the captain have to say? Captain Taves have to say about the matter when questioned about it yesterday. And this is, for me, this is where it's most disappointing because this is a player I, I lauded for his character and the fact that he's a winner and I had the jersey. And, and just for the record, uh, I, I did, uh, as soon as I saw the Kyle Beach uh, interview with Rick Westhead, I went straight to my basement and I threw my Jonathan Taze jersey in the trash. And I showed, I showed you guys that because this is just so disappointing. Not only did Taves, Kane... And the whole leadership group from the players like totally deny this happened. But now we're getting this statement from Taves, which is extremely disappointing. So do you want me to just read the whole thing? Or do you want me to give you the Coles notes? Uh, Coles notes is probably best. Okay, so the first paragraph starts out by saying, you know, to me, Stan and Al, make any argument you want, are not directly complicit in the activities that happened. So right off the bat, he's starting his statement. Can you imagine? He's mm-hmm. starting his statement by defending two people directly involved in what happened. Mm-hmm. He's like, make any, make any statement you want. They're not directly involved. But the fact that they're in action literally led to other people being assaulted and mm-hmm. this guy going to jail because they didn't do anything. Like, I get the feeling this guy didn't even fucking read the statement. Mm-hmm. The hundred like sure don't read the hundred and seven page thing, mm-hmm. but fucking educate yourself because you know you're getting on a microphone, mm-hmm. right? You know you are. The spotlight's on this guy, and now he's going on about people like Al and Stan have made coming to the Blackhawks for players around the league who come here to play one of the special places to play. To me, I have a ton of respect for them as people. That hurts. Well, don't you fucking know? Like, what is that about? You, you're the star, you're the face of the franchise, you're the star of the team. No fucking shit that you are going to be treated well by management and, and ownership. Like, whoop the fucking do. A, a player that was on your team that you were captain of literally went through hell, and you're talking about this is a special place to play. What is that? You are shitting me. They heard about this. Your management, the people you're defending, they heard about this and they did nothing about it. And he's like, he's like defending them as good people. Oh, I don't think they should lose their jobs. Like what the fuck? They were allowed to keep their jobs for 11 years more than they fucking should have. God, for someone like Stan, who has done so much for the Blackhawks and Al as well, to lose everything they care about and their livelihoods as well. Their livelihoods? Are you fucking shitting me? They're fucking millionaires. Stan Bowman is from the biggest hockey name maybe of all time. Like, you got to be kidding me, man. And he doesn't, he doesn't like, name the victim in this particular statement yeah. at all. It's just... It's insane to me. Like, it just shows a complete... First of all, I, th- I think he's an actual fucking idiot. That's the first thing I'm going to say. You have no intelligence. Even if you talk to a PR team, they're either shit or you didn't listen to them. Because this is garbage. And then just absolutely the worst kind of leadership I could, I could ever imagine. I could ever imagine. And then, like, aside from the statement, the fact of the matter is players were taunting uh, Beach after the incident happened for you know a few seasons in in training camp or whatever and he didn't do anything to stop it that's just he didn't speak up he didn't according to him he didn't fucking know about it right so 
why are they taunting this guy about about something? Why did fucking Brad Aldrich be let go from the team? Do you know? And if not, why? Like, how do you not know? So he's just a fucking clown. He's as shady as they come. Lump him in there with fucking Patrick Kane, who's got a long history of being a dick. And and then now Duncan Keith as well. It's just so fucking disappointing. Yeah. He, uh, Taves went on to say, I have a lot of respect for them as people. They're good people. When it comes down to how they feel looking back on the situation, that's not up to me to comment on. So you're the face of the franchise. This is your opportunity. You're in the spotlight, you know, to talk about this, to, 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 to shed light on this, to expose these, you know, terrible individuals. Any, any, any ops to go, that's not up to me to comment on. And Unreal. They're, and they're, by the way, they're good people. Unreal. <laughs> like, buddy, um, they just got, they just got canned. They're not like, you don't have to rely on them anymore. Like, what are you even doing? Patrick Kane. I knew Stan very well. Know him as a great man. He did a lot for me personally coming into the league and over the course of my career. I'm sure he would have handled things differently nowadays. What happened happened in the past. And I think the organization made the right moves to get the Blackhawks going forward and the right steps in making sure they're trending forward. What is that about? Like, that's that's shorter, but albeit I don't understand. sort of dumb. When he, when he talks about, I think the organization made the right moves to get the Blackhawks going forward in the right direction and making sure the trend. Is, is that the decision making now, or is that the, in the past? It's fucking it's, word vomit. I don't know what it yeah. is. I don't know what that means. Like, if he's saying he subscribes to what they're doing right now, then great. But it, is he. Is he, he? There's a chance he's talking about what they did in the past. In which case, no, that's disgraceful. I think he's just dancing around the topic. Yeah, like, yeah. You don't know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it's just, it's a mess. It's a mess, and and you know what? The 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 it keeps coming up. Like, why aren't there some good entities that like? Are there no good people in management? Well, the these hero. Days? Well, you mentioned the hero in all of this is the skills coach, right? Right. Right. Because he's the only one who actually did his job. Yeah. Yeah. Although he, he was an underling. He's a skills coach. He doesn't have, he doesn't have any power. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like I just can't believe that in, in such a and, – and you know what? We, we should talk about the ownership because I think it's come out that based on the reports and based on everything, ownership didn't know about this at the time. They didn't know anything about it. Mm. And, and I, tend to, I tend to be able to believe that because why would they want to leak that info to the ownership? Mm. That, that, kind of, that kind of thing. So I believe them that they didn't have anything, any knowledge of this. Um, but like what you could have done, honestly, like here's, and this is just me spitballing, anyone in that room that knew about this or even the skills coach, anybody, you could have gone to ownership. Mm-hmm. And said, "Hey, this is what's gone down. You have the ultimate say. Forget the fucking president. You could have done that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You could have taken this guy out of your out of your locker room. Mm-hmm. You could have been Kevin Chevel Dayoff, assistant general manager, gone straight to ownership after this meeting and said, mm-hmm. "Hey, I'm not comfortable with something that's going down in in, in the in the team here." And then boom. Like, yeah. I, yeah, does it cause division? Sure, but like, come on. You could have gone to Batman, right? Yeah. You should be able to go to Batman for these things. Let me ask you this question. This might be an elementary question, but I want to ask <clears throat> it nonetheless. Okay. Why? Uh, why are we just? Why is this story like? What prompted this story to come out? What's what like eight years later or longer? Ten years later? Wh- why now? What happened? What 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 opened the floodgates? Where did this start? So I want to say, and it it is. 
It's a good question because it gets lost in the shuffle. Like, yeah. why, why now? I think it's because the player, John Doe, came forward mm-hmm. after this time to try to get mm-hmm. this off his chest, maybe, mm-hmm. or, or get it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's why. Because I heard a take, so a take on TSN from that Westhead character. Okay. And uh, he said, as much as this is a failure by ownership and management and personnel involved on the team, it's also a, a failure by journalists, mm. by journalism. Sure. For for just leaving this under the rug for so long, for no one, mm. no one, no one being proactive to seek right. this story out. That's why is no, it why it is was. it a dozen years later? That's absolutely right. You know, the journalists <laughs> are the ones who are supposed to get these yeah. stories, who the, are supposed to report this stuff. The breadcrumbs are there. Did any was this? Did a journalist? And then the question has to be asked: Did did a journalist know full well about this and keep it under the rug? You know. Like, like, yeah. like, like, yeah. who, like, was, was this a delayed response because they get, they, they knew higher ups would get hurt, you know, this, yeah. this, like this, this borders on, you know, uh, uh, the whole situation, like the famous situation in Boston where, where priests are sexually assaulting children and, and journalists are, are not, are and in, in the, and they're trying to dig up what's going on and things are being covered up and stuff like that. Yeah. I want to know. I want to know who who knew who who wasn't being proactive, and in a way, this is a this is a failure right. of the journalism industry. So now you've you've said that, and I I agree, and but I have a new theory based on that statement. Is my theory is that they did the the, the inaction and the letting this guy have his day with the cup and and letting him do all this stuff was to draw attention away from what he did. It's like, if we fire him cut and dry right now, there's going to be questions. If we don't let him spend a day with the cup, there's going to be questions. So they let him go quietly over the off season or whenever they did. And the questions didn't arise. So the journalist didn't have a sense to pick up immediately. He then went on to do other things, which no one brought kind of back to the forefront of Chicago. But that might be why they did the inaction that they did was to throw them throw the scent off perhaps because that's the last thing they would have wanted hey you won the cup but why'd you just fire this guy why'd you can him immediately why didn't you let him have the day with the cup we should dig into this so it's yeah it's there's more to that i never thought of that that angle yeah no because they're how how else are we going to learn right this this Rick yeah. Westhead, he gets the resources from TSN to do all this work, you know. But who, yeah. who's Rick? Who's the Rick Westhead twelve years ago? Yeah, you know. So uh, yeah, it's it's fascinating. There's so many angles to pick it apart from. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we can talk at nauseum, but uh, I think I've I've said my my part. So uh, it's entirely up to you where you want to go from here. If you have any last words on this saga, um, I think that uh, just like. My general feeling is I feel like uh, a little bit betrayed by the NH. Like not to make it about me, but I just feel like hockey has been always such a sanctity, like such a, a safe, like holy place. And I feel a little bit betrayed by what, what's gone down here. Uh, I always assume the best of the best of character from the sport. But now we realize that uh, that's not always the case. And uh, I just hope that I hope what I really hope, Nick, is that Everyone around the league takes, obviously, it's a huge news story. It's causing a massive ripples. They take a hard look at this and they realize that's a non-option. Like non-action is a non-option from now on. So now we have, a, hopefully we have a better NHL 
and we have a better NBA even. Like they're watching too. Everyone's watching. So hopefully our sports leagues uh, are now better. Well, and it, and it raises the age-old question of like sanctity of the <clears throat> locker room, sacred, sacred, mm-hmm. everything that happens here, nothing is spoken of, you know? Like yes. this is hockey yeah. of all sports. It's the it's what happens in the room stays in the room. Yeah, you know, very private. Yeah, it's the age old question. How do you match that up against hiding injustices like this? You know, yeah. If these play, if the whole team was aware of this, mm-hmm. how much of them are, are keeping it under the rug because of the the age old? Yeah, yeah. What happens in the room stays in the room, boys. None of that shit, you know? Yeah. Like, there's pictures being... What was that? Like On Instagram, I saw people were... They, they uncovered a photo where in the back, they were making fun of... They said something about gays? On, on yeah. The, on the, who was yeah. that? So that was... Uh, they just won the cup, and yeah. on, on the board, it said, you know, Chris Pronger is yeah. gay. Yeah, it's gay. So, like, right. just stuff like that. Like, yeah. like what's going on in the dressing room, and, and how much of that has a role to play here? And does... Do things need to change in that respect, you know? Because hockey of all sports, that's right. the one that you really pinpoint as that's always been the thing, you know? Yeah. And you, you know what's another? It's interesting because I, I think nowadays at least, I mean, 2010 was such a, as much as it wasn't that long ago, it was a different time. I think nowadays we are in a point where we know where the lines are drawn. Well, like we know this is crossing the line now. Uh, and I think that with the you know the big boom of social media and even social justice uh those that want to stick up for things like this have a ton of power and a ton of people backing them because think think about 2010 where it was grade not we were in grade nine of high school like twitter wasn't really a thing if i wanted to come out from my nhl team and say hey this guy's being a dick like you didn't have all of social media backing you because it's such a great cause you just had the might of management to, to battle essentially. So now we've got this big movement of people with more voices. And I think that's going to empower more people to stand up against this kind of thing. Yeah. Hopefully that's one of the few good things we can take away from this, you know, tragic, yeah, tragic story. Um, but we got to move along. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can go two directions here. We can talk about our trip or we can talk about the Leafs. Where do you want to go from here? Uh, kind of want to get into the trip. the trip okay so let's do that and then we'll talk about the leafs and then we'll get into our uh, that'll be a nice segue to get into our fantasy segment for by, today by the way just a quick aside mm-hmm. here um we are on eichel watch oh we are officially on up again yeah we're, we're on hard eichel watch okay. uh it's friday night october the 29th uh there's some rumblings uh with vegas in particular vegas yeah yeah as they and should. As, as, as they should from a, a relatively reputable source on Twitter, there are some rumblings that a deal is getting close. And we've heard officially from Chris Johnson's of the world that the NHLPA is, is they're already ready to step in for a grievance here. Mm. So I don't think Buffalo wants to deal with the whole grievance mm. side of things. So they're looking to get a, do- a deal done quicker. We'll see what happens. See, my immediate reaction is it's the right fit because they 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 can't score. We saw that in the playoffs last year yeah. against Montreal. Their best players are injured right now. The season is 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 falling away. They lost all those games. I know they've won back to back, so they've steadied things kind of here. Yeah. But uh, but my big question is the money. 
I'm curious I how know. they make the money work. Like they, I have yeah. no, I have no doubt Vegas will sell all their prospects, all their picks to get Jack Eichel. Krebs that, is gone. That yeah, like that owner, he gives a fuck about development and the right. future. He said when he when the when they started, we're winning a championship in the first five years, right? He said something like that. Yeah. Well, it's three years. It's been four years, and they still don't have a championship. So this is it. Yeah. This is it. So Krebs, we're talking Krebs. We're talking firsts. Yeah. We're talking we're talking whatever else they have. And then they're going to have to make the money work somehow, which yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know, because that team's already pressed against the cap with all those signings they made. Petrangelo, mm-hmm. Stone, mm-hmm. Uh, Pacioretty, the list goes on. Um, how do you make it work? Um, my guess is they, they it probably involves trading one of the wingers, one of the big name wingers to make some space because they've got right. depth on the wing. Right. Their problem is no depth down, down the middle. Yep. So who do they trade? Is it Jonathan Marchessault? I don't know. Is it Riley Smith? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great s- question. It's not, I don't see it coming from the defense. They like their defense. Yeah. And I don't see them moving an Alec yeah. Martinez, you know, you, you right. don't do that. Right. So I, that's my guess. And I, and I could, I could see a feasible move of, of like a Krebs, a top six winger and a first yeah. and maybe another draft pick. Yeah, something else like a uh, second. Like this to me that's relatively reasonable. Yep. And I th- Krebs Krebs is a work. solid prospect. And he's the, solid. The Krebs cousins connection is interesting. Very, yeah. like at very least. It's he's, very interesting. Yeah, he's he's definitely the kind of prospect you'd involve in a trade like that. They have no other prospect who even comes close no. to Krebs. Yeah. That's the problem with yeah. them. They have Krebs and then they don't have much else. Right. So it's definitely paid in Krebs. I think it's safe to say he's gone if this mm-hmm. deal goes through. Mm-hmm. But that's interesting. I didn't know that. So Yes. We'll, okay. We're on watch. We're on watch. Um. So the uh, the, yeah. So where do you want to start with this? Well, let's just give them a synopsis first. I mean, uh, we had bought a couple of autos. I think we mentioned this. We bought a couple of Ottawa Senators tickets. This was one of them. It was Ottawa Senators versus Rangers last Saturday. I don't know the exact date, but it was a matinee, one o'clock. And the the idea that we had was let's bundle twenty third. Yeah, so let's bundle in a Kingston Frontenac's game on the Friday beforehand. We'll hang out in in Kingston the night before, and then we'll hit this uh, Sens game. And uh, you know the Rangers ties we have, and and the Sens are just a a fun team to watch. So that's kind of where that came about. It was us, and it was Mike, who you'll know from as a friend of the show. Friend of the show, exactly. So let's start with Kingston. Let's start with the Fronts. Let's start with your boy. So we pull into Kingston a little late for the game for reasons we won't get into. You don't want to know. No. And, uh, yeah, we we basically arrive. We're, we're about – we missed ha- the first half of the first period. We get in. We, we get into our seats. And, um, I mean, I'll be brief. I'll be succinct. Um, this was far from – a great Shane Wright game. I've seen seven Shane Wright games in my in my time as a fan, a Kingston Frontenacs fan. This is the worst game I've ever been to that Shane Wright played in. Uh, the way I described it to the lads was this was a guy who hadn't picked up a hockey stick in three months, took the summer <laughs> off, and basically showed up, and now he's playing his first game of beer league in, in, in three months. He just he wasn't on it. He, he, he'd get, try to get a shot off, and he'd whiff on the puck. Or he tried to do a a, a, a a drag and a pull around some guy, and he just misplayed the puck. Right. Um, yeah. Was the was the defensive awareness there that you expect? Sure, but you're not the number one prospect in the world, or the the the, the best undrafted prospect in the world. Uh, if if you're not if you don't have some offense, you know, to your game. Right. And frankly, other than a few nice passes, 
I just didn't see it from the guy. Mm. So th- this was his worst performance that I've seen. Um, and yeah, six goals scored by Kingston. They won six one, and not one point. Not one point from uh, from Shane, which is shocking. And and for further reference to date this, it's what is that? Uh, six games, five points in six games, or six points, six points in six games. So for the record, and this is this is weird. You'll find it weird too. He was going into that game with six points in five games. He was. He's now two games pointless. He hasn't played since to this day. I know. He's it's weird. Playing tonight. He's playing tonight. He hasn't played since. So, yeah. yeah hopefully, he's shaken off a bit of the cobwebs. But my, my perception was, uh, he looked a little. He, for some reason, he looked a little small out there, mm-hmm. and he looked a little slow out there. You know, he just. I'm not saying his brain, like his processing, was behind the the pace of play, but he just. It looks like. Maybe he's thinking a bit too much, and and his legs aren't moving. Like, it's funny because it it's almost like what's happening to Laffy in the NHL would look like it was plaguing Shane as well. Mm-hmm. I think he just he wasn't moving his feet very well. Uh, the puck bounced off his stick a couple times. Um, he got off a couple nice shots, but I I would like a bit more quickness out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he was targeted for sure. Like every like guys were swarming him. That's for sure. But, uh, I mean, it's the OHL. You've got to be able to, to get around that. And I worry that the whole year off last year might have had some effect. Like, mm-hmm. what kind of effect does that have on these kids? Mm-hmm. Um, but then you, ha- you also have to bring it back. Like, you know, everyone missed a year. Almost everyone missed a year in the OHL, that is. So why is Shane feeling so much of the brunt? Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, honestly, it, it hurts me personally even more. Because, you know, I'm such a Habs fan and they're doing so poorly. And I've, I like Shane. Like, I, I, he's, he's, he's the full package. And mm-hmm. I want him to have a lot of success this year. Um, and the, I just hope he picks it up. I really yeah. do. But, hey, uh, mm-hmm. the team looks good. You know, the, 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 uh, they got the yeah. L.A. fifth-round pick, Martin Chromiak. He's he kind of, really good. He's kind of Shane's butt buddy on that top line. Fuck. And uh, yeah, he he looked great. If if there's like a most improved player who I remember watching from when I was there as a student, and on yeah. this little retreat we went on last week, he was definitely the most improved. Like his skating is way better. Beautiful mm-hmm. skater, very fluid, nice skater. Um, and and they had some good chemistry. Him and Shane, uh, you know, mixed bag. That Francesco Arcuri, he's another one of the few drafted players they have. He's a Dallas draft pick, sixth round. Mm-hmm. He was pretty good. He had a good two way game going. Um, this Paul Ludwinski, who was their first round pick last year, he was, he was very impressive. Uh, he's going to kind of be the, he's going to be the face of the franchise next year when Shane leaves. Mm -hmm. So he, he kind of impressed undersized, but very skilled, uh, looked very, very talented out there. And then of course, one guy we didn't even talk about because rightfully so he didn't play. Zade Wisdom's still on this team. Right. So they had all those guys on the top line, that top power play I just mentioned. And they're going to get Zade Wisdom back when he comes back from injury. So that's why this 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 Scott Wheeler has them as his pick to win uh, mm. the mem- the Memorial Cup, <laughs> which wonder. is a like I don't think that's I don't think that's going to happen. Like I know this Kingston team well enough. I don't think they're that good. Yeah. But uh, and well, there were times in that game we were like, this Peterborough team's better. We did. Oh yeah. And it was yeah, Peterborough. It, it was like six one <clears throat> against. You know Peterborough, but we we liked a lot yeah. of their play. First half of the game, we liked yeah. their play even yeah. more, right? But there were turnovers. There was two on ones. The yeah. game just blew up in their face, you know. Yeah, yeah. Which is, but I mean, Wheeler's thinking, 
like Wheeler is assuming that Shane Wright takes the step we think he's going right? to take. Right, and it hasn't happened yet. Which is a a dominant force in this league. Mm-hmm. Like a, a like I can win a game on my own yeah. kind, of, kind of force. Yeah. So, I mean, if that happens, they could win. They could get to a Memorial Cup final for sure. sure. But, uh, I mean, when Peterborough gets Mason McTavish back, uh, yeah. you know, it Who might knows? be a different story. I agree. And, it might and, be a different story. And this is going to motivate me to look at the box score after every game, you know, look at the highlights, yeah. see how he's doing. Because yeah. I, I hadn't been to this point, but all it takes is going to one game. Yeah. You get a little more emotionally invested. So now we're you, on watch. I'm following every game. Yeah. I, I can already tell you it's a scoreless first period against Ottawa. So oh, that's not good. He still hasn't gotten it together. That's not good. So, um, and and it, it'd, be, it'd be different if he was getting shots, but he's mm-hmm. averaging about three shots a game, which is sounds like a lot for NHL standards. Yeah. But it it's like for reference, Laffy oh. was averaging four and a half shots a game. In well, the here Q. you go. Uh, they, they just scored. This is breaking news out of okay. Kingston, Ontario. Yeah. They just breaking, scored, breaking. and it's a it's a power play goal yeah. assisted by Shane Wright. Okay, great. So he's, he's on the board. He's, he's got an assist. Ladies and gentlemen. See, why couldn't we go to this game? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, <clears throat> there you have it. I Yeah, I hope I hope he picks it up. Okay. It up. Well, because, uh, and, and yeah. further, ref, further context, this guy is going to be leaned on to lead Team Canada. Like, that's... Mm-hmm. Lots of pressure. That's one of the big major storylines of this year, Shane Wright's Team Canada year, right? Yeah. That is this year, and, and like, yeah, he's he, hopefully he he goes in rolling, but he's gonna be he's gonna be a leadership uh, piece on that team, and hopefully the marquee player. Hopefully, yeah. But I mean, keep in mind this is the guy whose rookie year in the OHL bested McDavid's rookie year in the OHL. So hey. And pressure this, is very high. Again, this will be in Western Canada again, this tournament? Uh, Red Deer? Ah, okay. Is it Red Deer? Not or sure. was that last year? Not sure. I just, I just, I remember knowing back-to-back years they're doing... In Ad- yeah, in Edmonton Alberta. slash Red Deer, I think. Yeah, I think. So I believe it's still in Canada, so there'll be lots of pressure as always when it's on home turf. Um, we might go to that. Well, I'm more excited about the international experiences, you know, than just going to Alberta. But yeah, no, it's a good thought. We'll see. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So Russia, Russia. the game, yeah, the game ends. Uh, we we go to an establishment, which involved oh, yeah. which involved seeing some some players on the Kingston Frontenacs uh, get kicked out of the bar. Yeah, for trying for trying to get some drinks, uh, for being underage. Yeah, uh, that was a, a pleasant surprise. We're not going to name the players because no, we're not no. we're not about doing that, even though we know their identities. <laughs> we do. Um, we're sitting right across the table from them, and yeah. then we saw this all go down. Yeah, we saw them reluctantly show their IDs and then reluctantly walk right. out of the bar. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, it was a it was a good story, um, and then uh, yeah, we proceeded to wake up the following morning, hungover. Cotton mouth, McDonald's breakfast in our guts. Oh God! And uh, and we drove over. Oh no! Morale was at a medium. Morale, morale, <laughs> yeah. Morale wasn't good to start the day. Uh, yeah. I, I won't lie. But then we, uh, but then we make the short two-hour drive from Kingston to Ottawa, and uh, we basically look for a parking lot. We we get to the game. Oh, yeah. We park. We get our drinks from the local LCBO, which. Comment comment on this arena first before we get into the nitty gritties here. What did you think driving up to the arena? You see all these Kelseys and Montanas and Baton Rouges around. And, well, and you, and you, what do you think? What's going through your mind? Well, well, you made a great point when we were there. You said uh, 
you said this is like having a, an NHL rink in, in Aurora, Ontario. And I said, you know what? You know what? This feels like home. <laughs> this feels like home. No, I, I've, I've had experience with, uh, passing by the Senators uh, arena. And it is what it is, guys. It's like 30, 40 minutes out of town. It's in the suburb with all these shops, like strip malls and shit. Um, and yeah, there's nothing to look at. But what we later realized was that it created an environment which was unique to the NHL, in my opinion. Um, so we got our beer. We loaded it up. We went into one parking lot, as Nick said. We paid $12 to get into this parking lot. And that gets you in. And there was no one in the... We're like, where the fuck is everybody? There's no one in this parking lot. The parking lot adjacent to it, to us, had a thousand cars with a large grouping of Rangers fans drinking and having a merry time at, at the mere hour of 11 a.m. Just getting tossed and, and hammered. So we're like, boys, I'm sorry to do this, but we got to pay an extra 12 bucks and we got to go over to there. Because uh, what we ended up seeing was Laffy's famous meme of a father. We saw Hugo. In the flesh. We saw Hugo Lafreniere towering over everybody amongst a literal sea of 100 Lafreniere jerseys. It was the extended family, friends, ex-teammates, uh, and, and even enemies of Alexi Lafreniere doing what they did in Montreal, as you saw, was big news story. Um, and they were just tailgating. It was a great scene. It was a tailgating party in the Senators Stadium, or sorry, parking lot. And it was just Rangers jerseys everywhere. So we kind of parked on the outskirts of that. We played our tragically hip out of the back of the, back of the Jeep. Uh, I had my Laffy jersey on, obviously. And, uh, and we just drank a bunch of beer. And it was just like, you know what? Do you get this in, in a city of Toronto? Do you get this in a New York? Do you get this in a Boston? You don't. Like, as much as it is a shitty situation for the people that live in Ottawa, yeah. for those on the outskirts, like, this is a great experience. Like, the tailgate experience is an underrated, undervalued experience. And it's what makes the Bills games such such a great thing. It's why the Argos never took off, because it's not allowed in the fucking city of Toronto, essentially. But we had a great time. We were slinging beers. We got in there. I was impressed with the atmosphere. You know, we got we got second row... Right behind the goalie to the Let's left. Let's talk about the warm-ups. Yeah, Before yeah. Before you even get it, that's that was arguably my favorite part. Our of the friend afternoon. got hit with a puck. That was my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> and we didn't even know. <laughs> Why didn't he tell us? On the way home from the whole trip, he's like, "By the way, guys, I got hit with a puck in warm-up," and we're like, "What? I are got you hit talking by a about? by a Mika Zibanejad ricochet off the glass." It was crazy. We're like, "What do you? Like, Why didn't you tell us? This is huge news." Yeah. And he didn't even keep the puck. He gave it, well, to his credit, he gave it to the kid to a next kid, to him. Yeah. So there yeah. you go. So we were, we were right at the glass for the Rangers warm-up. And it was so, it was surreal. Honestly, it was absolutely like, surreal. Let this be a PSA to every fan out there. Show up, you know, an Early. hour before every game and go, I don't care where your seats are, 500 level, nosebleeds, box, wherever. <clears throat> you go to the game an hour before. You go to whatever section you want in the lower bowl where the warm-ups are. No security is there. I can't speak for other arenas. This was in Ottawa. No security is checking your ticket slip asking, oh, where are you sitting? You're not allowed here. Yeah. You just walk right on down, and you can literally see 
these players in the flesh right next to you. It's amazing. Yeah. And and you could you could have just paid fifteen dollars to get into the arena that day sure. that afternoon. Sure. And you get to see this half hour of just oh. warm ups for free. I would pay that money each and every time. Like that was so worth it. Yeah. Like just seeing the warm up even. Like if I paid if I paid if I paid ninety bucks to watch the warm up mm-hmm. and do the tailgate, I'd be happy. Yeah, I don't even need to see the game. Yeah, so that, again, that was amazing. Can't comment though. Like an, I did the same thing in Montreal with some friends a year ago. There was security, but they don't check your tickets. They they're kind of just there as placeholders. They're there. They they make sure everyone's getting in and out. So no bullshit in Montreal and in Ottawa, no bullshit at all. So highly recommend those two markets. I will be going to a Leaf game in a month. Mm-hmm. To see the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. I will try to do the very same thing. My prediction we'll is they will not let me in. So, yeah, funny story. Nick's going to the game in Toronto, Avs. And I'm Wednesday, I'm, and you'll be going the following. Joe, Mike, and I are going to the Senators version of the same thing. On Saturday. Which, and it, it's going to be great to compare the two experiences, right? And I'm sure, sure us, our game's at 7 or whatever, or 7 or 8. Mine or will be at 7. So it'll be great to compare the matinee versus yeah, against the night, the later game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. But so. yeah, I mean, just to move on from our, I mean, just to get back to our experience, warmups were great. Like you said before, I interrupted. We were second row, uh, you know, just you know, a little off centered from Matt Murray, uh, mm-hmm. where the Rangers were going to be shooting twice. Mm-hmm. And uh, what what did you think of the view? Fantastic. As much as we couldn't see what was going on down at the other end, so it wasn't like that full experience. Like what we did see was like unparalleled. It was it was insane. Like I I could not follow the pace of play at, at times. It was it was that cool. It was that fast. Yeah. And uh, we saw a couple goals go in right beside us. We, we saw, saw the biggest goals of the game. For the yeah. record, the, it was two nothing Ottawa for the whole game. The Rangers on the record after reports after the game was saying this was the worst game they played all season, which I told Kyle on several occasions. This is an awful game by the Rangers. Yeah, if this yeah. game stays to nothing. I'm going to leave here disappointed. Right. Because this was just not a very for two periods. I don't think it was a very good game. You know, there was a the first shot yeah. of the game. The first shot of the game went in off a beautiful pass from Timmy Stutzel. Yeah. Who, had a, who had a great game with the exception of the diving, which we'll get into. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, and then, and then the Rangers just in the last ten minutes, they just they turned it on. Mm-hmm. You had some Adam Fox spin moves at the blue oh. line. You you had him set up a goal entirely all Adam Fox. You had yeah. Chris Kreider banging into the crease. Apparently, that's why Matt Murray had to leave the game because yeah. he got hit by Kreider. Yeah. That's why he had the whole fight with him in in in, in Ottawa. Um, and yeah, it was just there was a lot of drama. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was blown away by, I think to me, the best player on the ice was Drake Batherson for the forward side of things. Obviously, Adam Fox was the best D D on the ice, but just just an awesome experience. And to be honest, like they could have it could have been a bad like on TV. I think it was it would have been a bad game, but the spectacle of it all. Like I was never, I was never at a, at a dry. Well, it moment. goes to show you a mediocre game yes. on TV oh, can, can be fuck. an. Could Excellent you imagine if it was a great game? game? Yeah. That would have been amazing. And I, I, saw, I found us on the highlight pack, by the way. Really? You when? can you can see us on the highlight pack. Oh, like if you just watch the recap? Yeah. We're we're in the shot. I, I bet. I mean we're yeah. second row. Uh you probably didn't get yeah. you didn't get on a, TSN probably didn't actually get you in a shot. If you watch the whole game, mm. maybe they did. Well, neither of us. All have I know is on, on the NHL website, if you hit the five minute we'll highlight be pack, you'll 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 see us. That's great. Which is great, and um, 
yeah, just 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 an awesome experience. La- to me, Lafayette looked pretty good. He had he had some moments there, but and he, he looks way faster in person. Like he looks more professional. He looks bigger. Mm-hmm. He looks like an NHL player in person, whereas on TV, he sort of looks like a Bambi. You yeah. know, so that was cool to see. Um, and then yeah, Stutzel had some had some big moments, but uh, aside from the game, it was just such a cool such a cool experience mm-hmm. and and i'm jealous because it was only over a hundred bucks and it was like it was such a spectacle mm-hmm. yeah i was i was talking to someone at work today who's got season tickets for the leafs and just to sit in the reds which is considered i guess that's like upper 100s or or better 200s yeah maybe i think that's upper 100s if you're in the reds because i haven't been to a leaf game in like years uh he's he's paying 450 for a pair of tickets <laughs> So basically, double the price we paid yeah. to sit in a much higher spot. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it speaks volumes. And and not to mention those guys from Kingston we saw at the bar. Mm. They were at the game. They too. were at the game. We we turned around and those very same stooges who yeah. got thrown out of the bar for using their trying to get use their fake IDs. Yeah. are at the game. They were at the. They were Crazy following weekend. us all weekend. Crazy weekend. Great. It was a pure hockey weekend. Mm-hmm. We then went back to the air. We had a sorry uh, a hostel. We yep. had the hostel. Shout experience. out to the Ottawa Backpackers Inn. Yeah. Highly recommend for any. Any people that want to stay in Ottawa. Yeah, a mere five-minute walk from the Byward Market. Mm-hmm. Uh, great host we had. I forget his name, but he, he was a, he was mm-hmm. a kind gentleman. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just a great hockey weekend capped off by, a, a honestly, like COVID-related. It was like hearing live music again at uh, whatever the bar was. The, uh, the Harding Crown. The Harding Crown was fantastic it was a great way to just put a cherry on top of the weekend and and uh we had a great time there and then we were out uh 7 a.m the next morning yep we were back in toronto by noon back in the office by two and there you go so it was a lot a lot like very congested weekend but it worked out you know in these covid times not a lot of things do work out but we we got to make the most of our experience we did so there you have it. Uh, it. You, so you give the Ottawa experience like five oh stars? Like, like don't listen to the bullshit that mm. these guys feed you about uh, the Senators experience being shitty. Go with the idea of it's a tailgate party and then it's like a game. And it's a fun team to watch. Like I, I give it a, a hard nine out of ten for experience. See, it's, it's affordable fast. tailgate. Fucking awesome team to watch. Fascinating because... Uh, you know they did a uh, they did a rankings of of the best and worst arenas to go watch a game, and uh, and uh, Ottawa was I believe second last. You know, no way. This was an athletic right article. Arizona. This was an athletic article, and uh, uh, like here the Senators. This is from the Athletic. The Senators aren't just moribund on the ice. More moribund. I've never heard of that term. They're also at the bottom of the league when it comes to in-game experience, thanks primarily to an aging, out-of-the-way building that is surrounded by more or less complete absence of life. Oh, my Here's hoping the club can get that new building built in Labredon Flats or somewhere else that's closer to downtown. And for that to happen, it probably also needs a new owner. Here's hoping for that, too. And I get it. Like, yeah. It would be cool if we could go to a, uh, a slick, like to go to the Byward Market before the game, mm-hmm. go to the game, and then go after. You know, I'm telling you, you're, you're in for a different experience this night game because you're, yeah. you're going to be tired. 
I know. You know how hard it was get driving out of there. Yeah. It's even harder at night. Yeah. You're gonna yeah. get downtown at eleven, eleven thirty, and by then you're gonna be so exhausted. You're gonna you're just gonna be like, I don't even wanna go out. Yeah. So you guys are gonna you guys are gonna learn the hard way. Yeah. I'm a big fan of this matinee thing. We will see. But you're gonna learn the hard Cause way. Because we we got to nap a little bit, you know, when we got yeah, back. Yeah, it was nice. You know, watch so. the Leaf game, and then you go out. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I, I I have my hopes high because I, I it was a great experience, but we'll see what happens. Um. Okay. So uh, we move on. <clears throat> we do. To the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh God. Uh, to cap off our big three topics here. We're sad uh, we don't have Joe on the show for this because I would love to get his oh, take. Of course. Quite frankly, like I know he's pissed as, as anybody. And I'm just as happy as anybody. For many reasons. I mean, originally we were just going to talk about their start. They're, they're three, four, and one, which doesn't even sound doesn't that bad. Doesn't sound that bad, but given but the context. Given the context, uh, they, you know, that you've lost five games, you've only won three. And these have been some crushing games, you know. You, you've lost to, uh, you've you've lost you lost the big Carolina game against Freddie Anderson. Um, you lost uh, you lost to uh, they lost to some bad teams. Who'd they lose to? They lost to Pittsburgh with no players. Yeah, they lost exactly. to San Jose. San Jose. They lost to Yikes. Carolina yeah. recently. It's tough in Ottawa. In Ottawa. So they, they've had some tough losses, and they finally picked it up with an overtime win against Chicago. But fuck, anyone can beat Chicago right now. Oh, they barely uh, beat them. They shouldn't. They have barely beat them. beat them. You're right. You could argue like Campbell saved. They the were game, saved they the were day. almost blown out of the water in the first period. They almost didn't yeah. even show up to yeah. the game. They did. Like that's what blows me away the yeah. most. Their inability to start the to game. to show up when you're that mo- you should be that motivated. Unbelievable. So yeah, I mean, guys are struggling right now. Uh, I believe Mitch Marnie, he's only got like one or two points, right? Yeah, um, two points. Exactly. So it, it, it's been a tough year. Matthews hasn't even been great since he came back. Like I, I believe his, his first points were in that Chicago game. Or, or he, was, he, he was scoreless for the first three games. And then he had a goal against Carolina and an assist against Chicago. Yeah. So he's not doing too great. Um, and, and overall, the team just... Uh, They've looked flat. They haven't responded. Um, and in and, and this market, us being in downtown right now as we record this, uh, it's fuming. And, uh, and, 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 and you yourself thought some heads were going to roll soon. So yeah. where, where do you sit now on that front? Well, so following the Pittsburgh game, following the Pittsburgh game, I, well, first of all, I thought heads should have rolled after the fucking playoffs last year. But following the Pittsburgh game, the, the, the city reached a fever pitch uh, to an extended level. Like It was like almost a continuation of the playoffs. And the fact that that fucking documentary came out reminded everybody of what happened. And then now they're starting shitty. That's why people are so fucking pissed off with the start. Because mm-hmm. it's so fresh. It's so raw. Mm-hmm. And then you lose to Carolina. And I'm like... When will it be enough? When will it be enough to, to just... And then, you know what? It's crazy because the whole Blackhawks story couldn't have come at a better time for this team because you take some media heat off your team. Mm-hmm. You get to beat down on the big, bad Blackhawks that are like such a notorious franchise now. And honestly, it seems like things have quieted down, mm-hmm. which, which sucks for me personally. And well, then we have the Riley deal. 
Mm-hmm. Which, if you want to yeah, give the break, details, breaking there. news: uh, Morgan Riley re-signs with the Leafs, eight-year contract. So buckle up, Leaf fans, as I proudly wear my Leaf jersey right here. He has been re-signed for eight years, no movement clause for the first six years, while the final two seasons have a ten-team no-trade clause. So he is comfy in Toronto. I don't know no why he's staying clause. here. Yeah, for the first six, six years. years. Oh my. God. God, that's brutal. Uh, so brutal. Here's the big detail. 7.5 million AAV. So clearly, yeah. clearly an underpayment for someone who around the league is considered a top two defenseman. Um, whether he's seen as that in your eyes, I mean, I think the consensus opinion is he at least borders on that territory if he's not already in that territory. Mm. So there you have it. Uh, Morgan Riley deal. Uh, the Leafs end up saving. They get it. They get a bit of a uh, discount here, and I feel bad for Morgan. Clearly, a guy who could have made more on the open market, and now he has to be stuck to this toxic market for another eight years, and he's going to be underpaid while doing it. Yeah. So I I I overreacted early to this deal. I said great deal for the Leafs. First of all, it, it money wise, it's a great deal to the Leafs. What I told you guys was I was disappointed. In the fact that it looks like they're just going to run the same fucking core back each and every year of the next two or three years. And I was like just depressed at the, at the idea. But I heard it on the radio coming over here today. And I, I, tend to, I tend to vibe with the idea that the fact that we've given Riley this, this pretty decent deal almost signifies that one of the forward core mm-hmm. are going to be the ones to move. Doesn't that right. kind of make a little bit of sense? Like what what Dubas has done is like I'm not if I'm choosing between Riley at a good deal and and one of these guys, I'm gonna pick Riley getting a good deal, right? Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. Like the money wise, it's 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 a decent. He's a top pairing defenseman. I don't think he's a number one. I mm-hmm. really don't. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna win the cup, you need more than him, sure. in my opinion. But seven point five is not too bad. Obviously, it's gonna look. Kind of shitty, but their window, Nick, if we really look at it, mm-hmm. after this year is going to be two years. It's going to be the Matthews contract expiring mm-hmm. in 2024, I believe. Yep. So that's what he's looking at. If, if, But then again, like after this year, correct, right? Riley's deal kicks in 7.5. How do they move all that? Like, how do they fit that? Mm-hmm. Right now, they're right up against it. I don't know what Riley made previously. Well, let, let me give you the math. With the Riley contract, the Leafs will now allocate 58.9% of their cap to five players. Right. Riley, Matthews, Tavares, Marner, Nylander. So almost 60% of your salary cap, five players. Right. And that's your core, you know, because Mitch is long-term. Tavares, long-term. Well, now Riley is long term. You can't commit to that. You really you can't commit to to like Tavares. I don't think you can move his contract. No, bar none. But a lot of people, Marner, said, I think a lot of people have said the same about Mitch, given how fucking high it is. Marner's contract is movable because he's a young guy on term, albeit a bad term. Mm-hmm. But he's a, he's a young good player. I'm right? not sure about the term of the Nylander deal, but I do know the Matthews deal. It's just two years remaining. Correct. So yeah. that's the well, that's the big one, right? You're, yeah. The best player, the face of the franchise, his right. thing's up in two years. So to your point about running it back, it sounds like there's this year, there's next year, and then it's going to be... One uh, more year after. 
So this this year is gonna play out, and then we've got two more Matthews years. Is that I right? Think. I uh, unless you want to pull up cap friendly there. Yeah, I I I'm I I'm more inclined to say it's that this year it's counts. this and another one. Wow. Um, I feel like that'd be really tight. Um, what do we got? Twenty twenty four. So we've got this year. This and two year and more two more. Years. Okay, yeah. so fair enough. But uh, but again, like we've talked about it, like the theme of this conversation is if they don't get anything done this year, they don't have any success. Well, things are going to change. You we think? we had this conversation with Mike, and, mm. and Mike is pretty convinced. I don't want to speak for Mike, but he's pretty convinced that uh, the idea of of shaking up the core is ridiculous. But like, how much how much losing is it going to take? to be able to have the stones to do something like mm-hmm. that, you mm-hmm. know, like right now you're locked in with this core mm-hmm. and I, I'm, t- I asked you this on the weekend. What if January 15th comes and you're nine points out of a playoff spot? Mm-hmm. What do you do? Mm-hmm. Like what, what, what's the move? January. Yeah. And, and I told you because Dubas up. knows he's gone. He's dead gone mm-hmm. if they mm-hmm. don't make the playoffs yeah let alone losing the first round because he's gone if they lose in the first round too. right and and the kind of conclusion we came to was well it's not going to be you know management or, or that's a that's an off-season move or a coach that's an off-season move you yeah. know dubis and, and key for package deals you don't get rid of one without the other we we, we kind of concluded it's going to be personnel and the one guy we pointed at was morgan riley and now we've just learned He's gonna. He has currently signed to the longest term deal on the Toronto Maple Leafs, so he's not going right. anywhere. So who's left to trade? You talked about Marner. I, I actually have a theory, and I don't know if this is correct, mm-hmm. but Morgan Raleigh signs what we all can agree is a, is a pretty good deal mm-hmm. with a no movement clause. Mm-hmm. What if Toronto trades him this year? Like, does his contract then apply to the next team? Like, the next team, say it's Florida, they get him at eight years times 7.5 with a no-movement clause. Like, you're asking me, do they get the what if exact he, What same? if they trade Riley at the deadline, and the team that's getting him has a pre-negotiated contract of 7.5 million times eight? How do you trade a player on a no-movement clause? Well, that's the thing. When does it kick in? Does he well, have I, I one mean, right I, now, or does he have right. one starting next year? Mm, That's right. a tough answer to because if if they're out of the playoffs, like by trade deadline, obviously mm. they're gonna have to do something. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna just gonna run the same. You're not gonna try not to recoup assets. Mm-hmm. So it, that's a really trick. I don't know the answer to that. That's mm. a very tricky one. Yeah. Like, is he not tradable as of now? Is my yeah, question. no, yeah. When does that kick in? Because technically, he's not on the extension he just signed right now. He's Correct. On his cur- he's on the last year of his Correct. deal. Yes. Uh, hey, that's a great question, but I, I just don't buy. Like, why do you, you don't trade the guy? He's just, but he. That's the thing. Like, other than Nylander, yeah, the other pieces of the core are so shitty contract wise mm-hmm. that they're not tradable, mm-hmm. right? Riley now has a contract that is pretty good mm-hmm. for a top two defense pairing that's mm-hmm. tradable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. although you need defense their defense sucks this year so it, it doesn't make sense that way mm-hmm. so it's it's a mess it's a mm-hmm. total mess mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's which uh, i'm th- like 
again, I'll reiterate, I want them to continue to not have success because I want things to change. I mm-hmm. really do. I'm a closet Leafs fan because I, I just, I can't stand this core mm-hmm. and I don't want them to, to win like this, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I think you're, you're in the same sort of boat. Yeah, I'm actively rooting against them every night. And Good. it pains me to say it wearing this jersey, but uh, we, we've made this known well enough. I mean, uh, as so long yeah. as that core is there, I, I do not want them winning with this core. They, they, it's got to be a different core. Uh, I am a Leaf fan at heart. I am a fan of the city of Toronto. I'm a fan of our sports teams. But when the team is run by these spoiled brats, uh, I, I just can't subscribe to, 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 to cheering for them, frankly. Yeah. So... That's what I'm doing right now. So long as this regime's in place, every night's actively rooting against the Leafs. Correct. Hopefully they miss the playoffs. Hopefully they blow it up. Well, let so me ask you that. Uh, like, in your opinion, do do they make the playoffs? Like, if you look at the standings, you've got Tampa Bay's out of the playoffs, so they're going to obviously get in. Mm-hmm. So that spot's accounted for. Boston looks I, good. Listen, Florida I looks lim- amazing. I know. I know. But I had them in in our preseason. Okay. I'm not backing well, away from my prediction. I had Montreal out. That pick's looking good right now, you know? No, it's I, not. I, I spot-started Jake Allen okay. against the Seattle Kraken. Remember before the show, before the season, we were saying yeah, Seattle. That, yeah. That's the team you spot-start against. I know. No one can score on Seattle. I know. He gets lit up for five goals. <laughs> I know. I'm I know. pulling my hair out. I know. And I'm going to lose my matchup to Michael because Jake Allen gets lit up for five goals but in, had, the, in the crack house. <laughs> but he had a 50-save shutout. The following night. Yeah. The fuck is going on here? Can I just can I just say something to you right now? Florida seven zero and zero. They're making the yeah. playoffs. Okay. Yeah. The other teams taking up the Atlantic are yeah. Buffalo. They're starting Bo- Boston scuffling. But Buffalo know? is taking up the Atlantic five one and one. They're Crazy. probably not Crazy. Make it, I can't okay? wait to watch more Buffalo to see how this has happened. Detroit is taking up number three. Mm-hmm. Four two and one. Um, wild card teams, you have ta- so Tampa Bay is going to take up Buffalo spot, mm-hmm. whatever, uh, and then you have Toronto in sixth with a three four and one, a four thirty eight winning percentage. Mm-hmm. Boston, by the way, has only played six games. They have a five hundred winning percentage. They're above yeah, they're scuffling, Toronto. scuffling. Okay, and then you have Montreal at the bottom with two six and zero. Oh. Mm-hmm. So in my, in my opinion, because the Metro is so strong and the Metro by statistics has the least amount of losses in the mm-hmm. entire league. Mm-hmm. If you don't make top three in the Atlantic, you don't make the playoffs. Given how Fair strong the Metro is. Florida, Tampa, Boston. Who's Or do you think yeah. Toronto can uns- unseat one of those teams? They might. Knowing what we know now. They might be able to unseat Boston. Given, given, you know, the they still don't have really second-line scoring. You know, the goaltending's been iffy, you know. They got they got shut out by Freddie Anderson and the Canes yesterday. And we'll get into Freddie Anderson later on when we get into our players who are surprising out of the gate. Yeah. Um, but do you see that happening? Boston missing the playoffs? No, I, 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 I stick with my prediction, you know. You that, can't. What do you mean I can't <laughs> no, stick can't. with my – Those are the three teams, and the Leafs will be a wild-card team, you know. I forget who I have missing. I mean, the guys I have getting in in the Metro are Pittsburgh, Washington. Uh, um, uh, I had the Rangers missing, and you had the Rangers getting in. So I, ba- I basically have Islanders, Carolina. I have all those getting in, but I have the Rangers out. I have the Leafs in, 
and I think that holds up. We saw the Rangers play. The Rangers aren't playing very well right now. They're but not they have a good a, team. But they have a good record for some reason. Weirdly they're getting enough. Their goaltending is, is getting them out of games, you know? Correct. But it's they saving have their asses. Goalie. They have that They got goalie. the goalie. Well, the Leafs goalie's been pretty good, too. And they've been losing. And they've been losing. It's a problem. So what happens when he comes back down to earth? Right. Well, Mrazek's back. He'll be starting tomorrow. That'll be interesting. Very. Uh, Very so, yeah. No. Uh, hey, I still got them making it. You know, um, but you have them sitting out, but I, I still do. So we'll see. Uh, Maybe this contract extension just rejuvenates them, you know? Maybe I don't see that. Skip in their step. I don't see that. I see. Uh, I just want ch- Like, in terms of winning percentage, they're third last. They're, they're only ahead of Ottawa and Montreal. Mm-hmm. Only. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. And, and it. Hey, if if Buffalo or Detroit, God forbid, keeps up any sort of semblance of of this pace, mm-hmm. like like I know it's only been eight games, but that mm-hmm. translates into the Leafs have to play at a hundred point pace for mm-hmm. the rest of the year. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. for the rest of the hundred point pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which, and 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 my my big hot take of the weekend in Ottawa was. I don't think, and this is why I trade traded Marner away from my uh, my fantasy team. I don't think Mitch Marner likes playing in Toronto anymore. I really don't. I I can't see how someone would want such a spotlight because every time he fucks up, everyone's on him. And I, once you become the whipping boy in this city, you are the whipping boy, and it it's hard to get out of that. Ask Phil Kessel. You think Phil Kessel was was pleased going to Pittsburgh and winning two cups? <laughs> I think he was. I think he was pleased. Yeah. So Marner's officially the Maple Leafs whipping boy. And uh, I, I question how long that will last. Because I've already seen, first of all, the slow start. But I've already seen interviews with him almost tearing up. Right. Okay. Well, and we saw that. The, the, I sent you that thing with the, he got hit by the puck. His tooth got chipped. Yeah. You know? Uh, now he's a bit uglier. <laughs> he's yeah. just a little bit uglier. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a lot of adversity they're facing right now. And, and again, like it, it, people, including myself after their run against Montreal said this season won't matter. This regular season won't matter, mm-hmm. but every game is being so under the microscope, you yeah. know, oh, yeah. I've never seen a season like this. It's such a it's must watch TV. Absolutely. Must watch TV. You know, people, cause people assume the Leafs would just be cruising yeah. in second place, something like that. But, but now that they, now they realize that the team's not very good. No, I, I just don't. And that's the thing. Maybe they're not that good. Yeah. Maybe they're just not yeah. that good. Yeah. You know? Like, maybe Nick Ritchie's not the savior that no, Zach Hyman I was. I think was. people are realizing that. It took I, seven games for people to realize that. Go figure. Edmonton is fucking crushing yep. the West. They're yep. unbelievable, and Hyman is loving life. Mm-hmm. They said, they said this player defines this city. Hmm. Wow. Zach Hyman defines that. What Edmonton. a quote. Who gave that quote? I don't I forget. I think it was like Bob, Bob Stoffer or something. Yeah. He's like working class, yeah. hard working guy. And and don't and, and McDavid's thriving. Mm-hmm. Right. And and look at what's happening in, with the top line guys over here. Mm-hmm. They're floundering. Mm-hmm. It's it's really something. It's yeah. really something. And, and you and I can only hope it continues. Because, again, yeah. Shane Wright, man. Like, Toronto's in no. the race right now. Don't, yeah. like, 
Hey, it's a, it's a reality. No. It's, that would it's that a would reality. be that would be such an embarrassment on so many levels for <laughs> them to be in the running for the last. Oh my god! I well, it's a reality though. Right now, I don't think it's going to stay that. Eighty-two games, long way to go. Seventy-five more games. Let's see what happens. They're not going to be in the running for you know? Shane. Ryan. Tough stretch here though. Vegas Tuesday. This is after Detroit. Vegas Tuesday. Tampa, Wh- which is Boston. typically a team, a structural team that you do not win against. Yep. M- Toronto wise. Yep. They don't do well yeah. against those teams. Yeah. Vegas, Tampa, Boston. So buckle up. Oh, you're fine. Uh, lots of adversity on, on on the horizon. You go zero and three there, and, and we're talking about heads mm-hmm. rolling. Mm-hmm. And Detroit's don't sleep on Detroit because they're they've good. been good. Ciders, le- ciders they, they legit. Won't, they won't. They won't have Mister Anti Vaxxer with them. Right. right. But uh, but they're still pretty good. Raymond and Sider are legit. Mm. Like I, I can't wait to watch. I don't, I don't know how Iserman does it. Yet. Yeah. So Iserman reaches for Sider at, at six, mm-hmm. and we're all like, "Oh, well, what mm. the hell?" And it's looking unbelievable. Yeah. Lucas Raymond puts up diddly squat numbers in the SHL for draft year and D plus one, and now he's point per game in the NHL. Yeah. Makes no sense, right? But it's working. It's yeah. somehow working. This guy's a genius. He's a genius GM. Mm-hmm. It's like they're legit. And Larkin has been unbelievable for me, fantasy-wise. So, yeah, no, Bertuzzi's been great for me when he yes, plays. When exactly. he plays, he's that been great. That top line, yeah. like who would have thought that, you know, replace Mantha with, with Raymond, and it's unbelievable. I'm Those just two su- players I'm, I'm, are really, really good. I'm just surprised Raymond gets all this play so early in his career you know like yeah. top line is he on the top power play i i think so like that's yeah. unbelievable for someone to just you're in and, and, you, and you get that kind of treatment well i you get you get you have a quick spark early with the top guys and that's all it really takes i'm, I'm looking this up right now we'll find out tomorrow when we watch them but i'm just i'm just looking because i i'm 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 curious what how they're what chances you're giving these young players to succeed and uh, and and sure enough, top line: Raymond, Larkin, Bertuzzi, top power play. Fuck yeah, Sider and Raymond are are, your, are the two wow. guys running the power play, and then you got Bertuzzi, wow. Larkin, and Fabry. <laughs> so way to hand the keys to uh, yeah. to your players. I kind of wish I picked them up now. So there you have it. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Well, speaking of Raymond, we'll get into our final segment today, as we're getting hungry on our part. Um, or starving. Or hangry, depending on how you want to break it Where down. Where the lovebirds getting back, too? Yeah, that, too, is a, <laughs> is a question to you ask. you got to start this game? Yeah. Um, so, my overperformers, or do you want to go underperformers first? I'm going to do... I only have underperformers. Okay. But so I can live look at overperformers. My over... So, where do you want to start? Underperformers. Underperformers. Alexi Lafreniere. Who just scored tonight, by the way. Oh, really? Thank you very much. Okay. Well, until that point. Thanks for bringing that up, though. Thank you very he's much. He's had four points in eight games, so about what we expected, right? I As ex- we predicted, a 50-point season would be a, su- a, a success, a 50 huge success. to 60. No, 50. 50 would be a huge success. Mild I maintain. success. Mild I, I consider success. it a success. Mild success. Um, he's had, yeah, four. Uh, so, yeah, three goals, one assist through <clears throat> eight games at the moment. Um, that's good enough for 232 in Yahoo. Did you just count this goal tonight? Yeah. Okay. Uh, another guy in your team, Artemi Panarin. Yeah. Not a great start to the year, although he has an assist tonight. Uh, he's up to five points in eight games. So not bad, but 
by Panarin standards, you should be yeah. getting a point per game. I was right. watching this guy play every game last year when I was on my Lafreniere train, and this guy this guy played a role in every game. Mm-hmm. So I I've been watching these games. I'm surprised what's going on here. Yeah, he doesn't look like himself. He Even really doesn't. seeing him live in person, he he was not one of the better players for the Rangers. No, he did have that brilliant setup on the mm-hmm. power play goal, but uh, no, you're right. Uh, another guy who we like to sh- chirp on this show, Taylor Hall. Not a great start to the year. Three points in six games. That's good for 353 in Yahoo. Goes to sh- t- tell you the struggles the Bruins are having to score. Yeah. Um, of course, we talked about him, about him earlier. Mitch Marner, huge disappointment. Two points in nine, eight games. Uh, yeah, terrible line. Uh, that's good enough for 369 on Yahoo. Uh, and then a couple more. This guy, yet another one on your team, Connor Hellebuck. You just uh, went right to my team, eh? First. No, and then you all did. these guys are on no, your you team. No, you did not. They're all on your team. No, 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 no. no. Hellebuck, so, four, four goals, four goals, six goals, one goal, four goals, yeah, three yeah. goals. Not Hellebuck-like, not Vezina material. That's good enough for a 3.67 GAA, 8.91 save percentage. Not good. Not great. He's yeah. got He's they got to tighten up. I sent you a meme, two on O's on on the Winnipeg. Like it's nothing. Yeah, you know, yeah. it happens every night. Uh, maybe Mark Shifley will bring some stability there I when he's back. He will. I believe he will. Uh, and finally, biggest blub of them all, um, Mark Andre Fleury. Uh, four goals against, four goals against, four goals against, six goals against. Ooh. The reigning Vezina Trophy winner has a 575 GAA and an 839 save percentage. Ouch. Uh, do you want to know when he was drafted in our uh, in our draft? Oh, my God. I shudder to think. Uh, I'm going to say fourth round. Fifth round. Ooh. So same, the very same territory as... Who, who drafted him? Um, do you know that? Mitch. Oh yes, Mitch. that's a big oh. flub. I love that. That is a flub. Mitch. He's not even playing any of the games. That Lincoln's getting all the games. That's and sucks, then and man. he's been shit. He, that was in the same territory as Shea Theodore, UC Saros, Roman Yossi, Matt Barzell. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that sucks. Terrible pick. Um, so I got yeah. a couple for you. That's it. I'm done with my uh, suckers. <clears throat> Alex Petrangelo, pointless. Yeah, yeah. Completely pointless. <laughs> what? <laughs> Literally pointless. What a what a wow! <laughs> like not a single point. Yeah, you're right. He hasn't done shit. Nothing. Cole Caulfield, eight. one assist in eight games. One assist in Montreal season so far. Jeez. Darcy Kemper, and he's not even shooting. No, he's I know. getting like two shots a game. No, he's no. playing 14 minutes a night. Yeah, he he's what I thought Lucas Raymond would, was good exactly, be. and it, now Lucas Raymond's a star. Prospects make no sense, yeah. man. Like, I thought Caulfield would be like shooting at a point five goals per game with like four shots a game, but he's not. Darcy Kemper was one of the early goalies off the board. Eight ninety three save percentage, three nineteen goals against. I do expect that to change big time. Uh, I'll go my player again here, uh, Pedersen. Pedersen's gotten off to a nice no start. Yep. Yeah. Uh point five points per game. So not crazy, but he he's been slow. Yeah, lots he's of guys slow. struggling on that Vancouver team. Brock Besser. I'll mention uh Shea Theodore, uh ranked three fifty six. Yeah, three points on the year. Hasn't been great. And here's here's my my uh this is gonna this might actually surprise you, but here's my ace in the hole, Nick. Mm. You mentioned Laffy off the top. 
You want to guess how many points Timmy Stutzel has on the year? Don't look it up, for Christ's sake. Guess. Uh, two. We saw half his points all year when we saw him play. Yeah. He's got two points all year. So don't go ringing the praises right. of this we guy. We liked him, though. We, we saw liked him, things. sure. But he's got two points. Right. What's that about? Interesting. Ranked well, 350. He's played like eight games, six, seven, eight games, hmm. two points. So okay. that's that's bad. Yeah. Right? So jury's still that's, out on That's him. a lot worse than Laugh, who's got double that, right? Sure, sure. Um, okay. And he's not getting the same minutes, I'll tell you that. Well, he's getting decent minutes, but... Mm-hmm. Um, my overperformers. I'll start from the top. Ranked third in Yahoo. Your guy. Kyle Connor. Uh, he's been fantastic. He's averaging basically... Uh, he's averaging four and a half shots a game. And the guy's putting up multi-point efforts seemingly every night. I don't know if this sustains itself when Wheeler and Shifley come back, but three assists, one goal and one assist, two goals and one assist, two goals and one assist. Maybe it means less ice time. I don't know. I don't know. who like Who's going to get hurt by them coming back, you know? It's got to be Dubois. It's going to be Dubois. Yeah. Not Connor. Not Connor. He's a staple. So I, I love this. Right behind him, fourth ranked, the best goalie in Yahoo Fantasy, if you don't count Billy Huso. Frederick Anderson. The Way bet, to pump your own tires. The bet here. has paid off so far. Uh, 133 GAA, 956 save percentage. You got a shutout last night. Uh, and everyone, all the naysayers were saying, oh, Michael, he was going, oh, it's going to be a timeshare. He's going to share time with Antti Ranta. <laughs> Not so fast. First six games of the season he started, uh, and he didn't even break a sweat doing it. So I was, for the longest time, I said, this guy's a great goalie. I said this when he was with the Leafs. Free Freddie Anderson. He's just missing. Free him. (laughs) Send him to a team that plays defense. And this, as we saw in that Monday night game, this Carolina team can play. Eh? They were shot out of a can in that game. Yeah. They're good. Yeah. Like, how do you not not play for Rod Brindamore? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The guy's just pumped up. Well... Well, my biggest surprise, to be honest, a big and you were low on them. You were really you. You said they're I not going to be very good. Well, first of all, Kotkaniemi's been bad. Second of all, this Svechnikov has been amazing. Should like have when taken Mitch, him. when Mitch reached for him in the first round, which I think was a reach at the time. I was wrong. He's fucking unbelievable. They're good. He's so unbelievable. They're so good. The guy has got like a thousand. Well, he, he gets tons of hits. He gets tons of shots. He's all over the scoreboard. He just got moved up to the top line. He did a lot of this not on the top line. This guy is just, he's keeper material almost in the first round. It, it, it's crazy. Yeah. No, it's great. He's like a, he's like a better Brady Kachuk. He gives you he gives you the hits and the shots. <laughs> yeah, but he scores. And then but then he scores more. Uh, he's more reliable scorer. He's not he's not he's as on a good high team. Because he's on a good team. Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, I've been really impressed with with them. Uh another guy, who would have thought? Sam Bennett. Is has still still is yeah. you know, drinking the Kool-Aid there in Florida. I don't Florida. know how, how long that lasts. He though. looks great in some highlight. He got a hat trick in his second game of the year. That was wild. He's putting up hits, shots. That's good enough for 12th in Yahoo. Well, how about Timo Meyer here? Like he was drafted pretty late in our league, mm. and mm. Josh has just been enjoying like a myriad of hits, well, shots. This is a Josh guy. Someone's got to produce on that team. Tons and, of goals, and he's been the one. Tons of goals. Um, so that looks good. We saw him in person. <clears throat> Chris Kreider's been good. 
you know hits shots yeah he cover he, yeah. he looked great in person and you know, why don't you why don't you bring up Brandon Tanev, which I know you're gonna do as just a. Fucking, I was gonna mention him. Yeah, he uh, looks like a weapon out six there. Six goals. He's a he's the he is the fan favorite of the Seattle Kraken. Like, you see he, the salmon, the salmon yeah, toss. He he. You can immediately see he is the guy. He's the face of. If there's a face of the Seattle Kraken, it's Brandon Tanev. <laughs> so they had it. They had. Did you see the challenge? The fan face challenge. No. They showed a Brandon Tanev's oh, yeah. fucking face on the on the jumbo. And you have to like the, replicate re- it. Yeah. That's great. Like, <laughs> It's just this guy is perfect for that franchise. Yeah, no, he's been putting up the hits, the shots, and surprisingly scoring. I don't think it's sustainable. I think it shows itself. He has zero assists in eight in right. in eight oh, games. Yeah. He has zero assists but six goals. So six <laughs> goals and zero assists. Yeah, that's that that's the definition of a stat line that's yeah. not going to continue. But the hits though, you like those? Of course. Eight yeah, hits. he's he's gonna. I'm gonna keep him regardless for the hits. He had like you know? eight hits in a game. Yeah, he's like a great. The, the great bonus guy is score. Have. the The scoring is just bonus at this point. You know, I'm playing with house money. That's just bonus. Yeah. Uh, that Bertuzzi guy we talked about, Mr. Anti Vax. He's been uh, he's been great for Detroit. Uh, he's now he's shot up to eighty percent owned in Yahoo now, twenty seventh overall. Uh, he's got six goals, just like Tanev, six goals, three assists. Um, and then uh, yeah, Dubois. You know, I was gonna get into him again. We talked about him before the show. This this stat line looks unsustainable to me because he's got. No shots and a bunch of goals. Exactly. The shooting percentage is through the roof. Yeah, you know? I know. There were three games. There were four. He went back to back to back to back goals. Four straight games with goals. And wow. in three of those games, he only had one shot. Really? He's scoring on the one shot. For three of those games, he scored on the one shot he had. That's not yeah, sustainable. Yeah, that, that, yeah. And and not to mention he's getting the top power play with Shifley. For on, now. Right? For, For now, now. exactly. Yeah. So that's one. that's why I didn't really rush to get him. We talked about Raymond earlier. And then last one, last one from me, uh, Drake Batherson. Oh. Uh, again, another one of those guys. He puts up the shots and the hits. I'm disgusted. And that's a Michael pick, so kudos to him. No, it's not a Michael pick. I picked him up, and then I was forced my hand into dropping him. Oh. And as soon as I did, he had four points, three goals, and one assist. And it hurts so bad because he's a great player. He's yeah. such a great player. I had him circled from day one. I just don't have the room. Mm-hmm. Larkin there. We you mentioned the Detroit guys. Larkin's there at thirty-five. Yeah. That's all I got. I'm he's got points in almost every like that top line looks like lucrative money to us, and whoever has Raymond there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just things. Things are going to equalize a little bit, but. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah. There's it's some always, key performers there. It's always fun to see who's who's doing great and then even better who's doing like shit. So we're going to end the show here. Our goal was to get around an hour and a half. We're just about that time, just over. I've already ordered the pizza. It's on its way shortly. Um, and, and with that, we, we hope you enjoyed this third episode of season four. Uh, we, we talked about a lot here, but as promised, we tried to do it quickly, concisely, and we hope you guys enjoyed. So... Uh, we're going to hang up the mics for now. Uh, look forward to another episode in two weeks' time. Who knows what will happen by then, you know? So many stories here with the Chicago stuff. You know, we couldn't have predicted it would take up today's show. So there's going to be some some things coming in the future, uh, let's hope. And uh, hopefully things just uh, get more exciting from here. It's been, a, it's been a very exciting season to this point on the ice. So uh, with that said, uh, thank you for tuning in yet again. Um, 
It's a pleasure to serve you guys as always. And until next time, Rink Moose is signing off.